Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Luke John Louis, the host of the Deep Voice Man Show. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have a treat in store for you guys. Uh, our guest is Kuda Diza, and he is a serial entrepreneur uh, who started his first company when he was nine years old in Zimbabwe. Uh, Kuda moved to the U.S. with only $40 in his pocket to study at Lynn University, where he started his second company. Uh, he has spent over a decade in various roles at a Fortune 500 company responsible for launching multi-million-dollar strategic new growth initiatives, and he is the co-founder of None Believable, a socially conscious big goods firm, and uh, the co-founder of uh, This Is My Era, a personal development firm that focuses on online courses, and also Signables, a sports merchandise firm uh, which focuses on soccer, and he is a speaker who has spoken at over 40 events in four countries and has given a TEDx talk, which is amazing. Uh, he also gives back. Uh, he's a, uh, a founder of a charity called Amani Hope Foundation, a nonprofit that helps to empower underprivileged children. Uh, he's also a book author and knows five languages. Uh, so we are uh, very honored to have him here as a guest. And uh, he was able to carve out some time in his pack schedule to sit down and have a chat with us. So we are very fortunate and blessed. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I guess to start off, can you talk more about your background and how you first gravitated towards doing what you do today? Well, thank you so much for having me uh, on the show, uh, Luke. Um, I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. And <clears throat> I tried to mimic a deep voice since it's called the Deep Voice Man Show. <laughs> Um, yeah, but this is the best that I can do. So, so hope, hope it's all good. So, you got it. That's fine. Me, <clears throat> to share a little bit about me and my background, I think you have to start in Harare, Zimbabwe, when I was nine years old. And um, what happened was it was a hot summer day, and I asked my mom for a dollar to buy an ice cream. You know, the, I, I could hear the ice cream mm-hmm. truck coming down my street, and um, I had been right. naughty that morning. And as a way to, uh, I guess, punish me, my mom said no. She, she didn't want to give me that buck. And no. I actually didn't have ice cream that day. But um, I'm, I'm so happy that she did that because what it did <laughs> inevitably right. uh, push me to do is I started asking myself questions. And some of the questions I asked myself right. were, okay, how can I take more control um, of mm. this situation, right? Why is mm. my ice cream destiny in my mom's hands? How can I put my mm. destiny of if I have an ice cream or not into my own hands? And mm-hmm. I quickly realized that the solution was if I had my own money. So I noticed that my neighbor's windows were dirty, mm. and I immediately had a light bulb moment, and I went into the house. I took a bucket, my mother's cleaning supplies, and I went over to my neighbor's mm-hmm. house, and I said to the lady there, I'm like, hey, listen, I'll clean your windows for five bucks. Um, they're a little bit mm. dirty, um, you know. You have a problem here, and I can solve it. And I don't know if it was because I was a good entrepreneur or she felt pity for this nine-year-old with a bucket (laughs) and, um, you know, was just trying to make an extra dollar, and she said yes. So I started my first uh, business there. Um, It was called Clean Machine Services and spent that whole summer just cleaning windows in the neighborhood. And um, once you kind of like, you know, scratch that itch of entrepreneurship, you mm-hmm. then inevitably just want to do it. So it, right. it, it opened up everything. And then, you know, I just started um, seeing problems in, in life and then figuring out how to solve it, which to me is the definition of an entrepreneur, right? You, you see right. a need and you come up with a so- solution for it. So, so that, that's how it all started. Wow. That's amazing. That's an incredible story. And it's interesting how uh, you were a child and you, you gave yourself the question, well, why is it in my mother's hand, this idea of self-reliance and independence? Uh, you had that spirit mm-hmm. as a young child, and you wanted to you know, not be dependent on the, on the mom, but you wanted to go off on your own and figure out how to do it on yourself. Um, and that's amazing. And, and that's the, the spirit of an entrepreneur. And <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I didn't know where that would lead, right, uh, when I was nine. Mm-hmm. 
All I wanted was mm-hmm. just to have uh, uh, an, an extra dollar every single day so that if the ice cream truck rolls by, I have right. a dollar to buy an ice cream. Uh, but what mm-hmm. I did realize, obviously, is that, you know, entrepreneurship is powerful because I ended up right. saving quite a bit of that money. And, um, you know, it's, it's really shaped the way I think, uh, and it's led me to where I am today. Wow. That's amazing. And I'm so impressed with entrepreneurs and the creativity you guys have, the people like Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos. You know, you see an opportunity and you grab it. Uh, you know, you have an idea and you make money off of the idea. And obviously you're trying to solve a problem. As they say, necessity is the mother of all invention and, and creativity, of mm-hmm. course. And so that's amazing. Now, obviously, um, coming up to the present day, uh, you started several different firms, and it all started because you just wanted ice cream, which is amazing. <laughs> it's, it reminds me of the story of Muhammad Ali, where he became a great uh, fighter because a kid stole his bicycle when he was a child. So it's the same kind mm-hmm. of similarity, this idea that something that happened to you in childhood shapes your whole entire life, this experience. And it's amazing. Now, I'm curious. Obviously, you've had a lot of success as an entrepreneur. Uh, but we all know about the pandemic, uh, COVID-19. I- I'm curious, um, how would you describe the current state of business and entrepreneurialism, and uh, what challenges has a, a pandemic posed for uh, for yourself and others, if any? Well, I think the challenges that the pandemic has posed are quite clear, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people having to, to work from home, some people, mm-hmm. you know, losing jobs um, because mm-hmm. of, you know, certain industries being shut down. You look at what has happened within the travel and hospitality space, um, right. you know, sports, right? A lot of people who right. are working the games and whatnot, now that mm-hmm. fans are not being allowed in the stadiums, um, mm-hmm. it has, has affected a lot of things. I have a, I have a sports merchandising business, so, so we were definitely mm-hmm. affected by, by that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I try to do as an entrepreneur is instead of looking at the problems or challenges that the pandemic has mm. posed is what are the opportunities that it has opened up? Right. Right? Because, yeah, right. you know, Winston Churchill once said, you know, never waste a good crisis. Um, right. So I'll give you an example. Like, and, and this is not business related, but this is, you know, relating right. to people's lives and just the whole notion of, your ability to, to identify opportunities when there's mm-hmm. challenges. So right. if you're a homeowner, if you have a mortgage, right, mm-hmm. the pandemic, what it, it has brought, it has brought significantly low interest rates. Right. This is the perfect time for you to be refinancing your house. Mm-hmm. And right. if you have a little bit of money saved in the bank, it's a perfect opportunity for you to actually then maybe even buy an investment property because you want to get mm. that mortgage and that investment property right. when the interest rate is low, right? So right. this is just one example of how I think, you know, if you can apply the entrepreneurial mindset to even your own personal finances. So right. I think the current state of business and entrepreneurship um, is the same in the sense that the people who are always optimistic, the people who are mm-hmm. seeking opportunities when everybody else is crying and there's challenges, they're going to Mm. identify opportunities. And Mm. from that, they're going to, they're Mm. going to create value because even when there's kind of like an economic downturn, you know, there are people who make a lot of money during an economic downturn and an economic crisis. Right. So, so I think it's really just about the mindset pandemic or no pandemic, right, mm. um, just always having a mindset of being able to adapt and to be mm. comfortable in uncomfortable scenarios will, mm. will lead you to be um, unshakable in any environment. So right. for me, that's kind of like the mindset that I have. Um, all of our businesses right. were affected by the pandemic. Our cookie company, we were really affected um, supply chain, right, because some of right. the uh, suppliers who were supposed to, you know, give us ingredients, their factories were closed. Mm-hmm. So we had to figure out how to operate and survive in the midst of that. Right. Um, but I think personally I'm excited because, right. like I said, as an entrepreneur, what, what ends up happening is that any crisis, there's a lot of problems 
to solve. Yeah. New industries, right. new categories are, are coming up. So if you think mm-hmm. about it, um, there were people who started businesses that are now supplying PPE um, material mm-hmm. because you know it's, right. it's required, right? People selling masks right. and, and things like that. So I think that's really the mindset we should all have. And you can even take a look at the stock market, right? Mm-hmm. The the mm. stock market hasn't tanked uh, to levels right. that people thought it was going to tank to. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, savvy business people and entrepreneurs have been able to figure out how to uh, extract value in, in the midst of a crisis. So, so right. um, I think the pandemic is, is, is a condition that everybody needs to just learn to live with. But you, yeah. as, a, as a person, I think you need to identify, hey, in the midst of all this craziness that's going on, mm-hmm. what are the things right. that I can, you know, mm-hmm. take advantage of and, and, and make right. sure that I come out of this uh, on the top. So, so for mm. me, I, I, I think, I think it's a perfect opportunity for you to pivot, mm. uh, re- redefine yourself or your business mm-hmm. and uh, mm. take advantage of opportunities that this pandemic has created. Wow. That's amazing. That's incredible. And thank you for that answer. And it's interesting how you, you made that pivot. You looked into real estate and because of the interest rates being favorable. And it's, it's, it's interesting how with that entrepreneurial mindset, you're focused in on the opportunities. And, and also so mm-hmm. many people tend to focus, um, you're right, on the, on the problems, but uh, entrepreneurs tend to focus on the solution. Like how do they solve the problem? They're solution-focused, solution-oriented. And it, it reminds me of a saying. Uh, you mentioned the one by Winston Churchill. There's another one. I don't know who said it first that, Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond. And obviously you're living proof of that uh, and you're a pure embodiment of that. And obviously, you know, when life gives you lemon, you make lemonade and you've made plenty of lemonade. And so you, you focus on the opportunity and you mentioned the idea of being optimistic. And there is something to that. When you're optimistic, you're more likely to see opportunities when you have that uh, positive mindset. And so many people say it's hocus-pocus, but I think it's so true. And, uh, and obviously, during tough times, um, people do get creative. You know, during the Great Depression, a lot of new businesses were actually created uh, during that tough period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, yeah. there is something to that, right. And, um, and obviously, you're positioned for the future when the pandemic goes away for the most part. Uh, when we get into that post-pandemic world and whatnot. And so um, I'm curious, where do you, obviously when the pandemic goes away we'll, uh, in the future, uh, things will be a little different and whatnot. Where do you see things going in the future? and Where do you see yourself in that future? Uh, well, the interesting thing about the future is nobody can really tell, right, what the future right. will lie. Um what I can tell you is this. Your habits determine your destiny. And you're talking mm-hmm. about future. Future is a destiny. So mm-hmm. what I'll continuously do is I'll continuously focus on my daily habits. Um, mm-hmm. You know, am I having winning routines, right? Do I have a mm-hmm. good morning routine? Do I have a good evening mm-hmm. routine? Things that really set me up for success. Because irregardless of mm-hmm. what else comes along, if I have mm. the right habits and I'm doing the right things and I'm surrounding myself mm-hmm. uh, with people that allow me to grow, mm. I, can, I can see myself achieving the things that I've set out. And right. what, what, what my biggest desire for my future is I achieve my goals. And I can share some of my goals with mm. you right now. Uh, the number sure. one goal that, we, that I have right now is I want to feed 10 million people within the next three years through non-believable wow. cookie companies. We have a buy one, mm. give one model where we donate a meal for every cookie that we sell. Uh, last year mm. was our first full year in business. And um, in that mm-hmm. uh, first uh, year in business, we donated over 300,000 meals to people in need. Wow. And what we're trying to do now over the next three years is we want to hit that 10 million number. So wow. to answer your question, what do, what do I want to, uh, where do I see myself uh, in the near future? I see myself celebrating hitting that milestone where we mm. fed 10 million people who need help because if you think right. about it, right now is where businesses like Nonbelievable are needed the most because people are losing jobs. Right. 
Um, you know, some people are being furloughed, and yeah. you know, the, the the hunger crisis in America is actually much mm. bigger than pre-pandemic. So, wow. my future um, is seeing myself celebrating, saying like, we hit 10 million. Now let's right. um, focus on hitting 100 million. So, so that's number one. Mm. From from a more personal side, you know, I I see myself and my wife having an amazing marriage. You know, at, at mm-hmm. that. Time hopefully we'll have kids in the next couple of years. Right. We just recently got married, so mm. I, I also look forward to to that. But more wow. importantly, the number one thing I think about Luke is mm. how can I inspire more people, right? Mm. So <clears throat> the thing that I see in my future is I see the work that I'm doing serving mm. as inspiration to other people so that they can also pursue their zone mm. of genius and they mm. can give their unique gifts to the world um, mm. in an amazing way, right? Mm. So, so for mm. me, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, that's why I, you know, I, I jump on podcast interviews. It's not really for people to know about me mm. and the things that I've done. You know, there's always right. someone who's done bigger and better things than you, right? But the reason right. why I do it is because I want – uh, someone who's listening who might feel that, hey, I am not able to do it. They might be, you know, self-doubting or going through some self-sabotaging right. thoughts. And, you know, yeah. I'm a kid from Zimbabwe who came to America with nothing. I had $40 right. in my pocket. But what right. I had was um, a relentless desire to continuously mm. work on my daily routine, my daily habits, so that I can mm. consistently, persistently pursue my potential. And wow. when you do that every single day, you will mm-hmm. ultimately hit a future state where mm. your actions will have a compounded effect on everything mm. that you're doing and you'll hit whatever milestone wow. or goal that you set. So wow. if I can inspire just one person to do that, right? Wow. And you know, think about the impact. If, if I inspire someone to be the next Nelson Mandela, for example, think about the right. number of lives that that, that, you know, that person can impact right. just because of hearing my story, taking inspiration from it, and then using right. that as fuel to do amazing things. So that mm. is the future that I, I envision where I'm, mm. I'm, I'm hearing of stories of people who are inspired by, you know, what I've done. Right to then go do right. bigger and greater things uh, within their own lives. Wow. That's amazing. And it's, it's interesting. And I, I find you uh, inspiring myself personally. Your story is incredible. And it's, uh, it's interesting because my, I was born and raised in New York, but my parents actually immigrated to this country from Haiti. So I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. fascinated by immigrants and the immigrant experience and how so many immigrants come to this country and find a tremendous amount of success, uh, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I find it inspiring. I think everyone else does as well. And you mentioned Nelson Mandela, and it's interesting. Mandela had, a, I think, a saying as well when he came to the fears of success and, and also self-sabotage. That I, He said something along the lines that people should realize that they should shine their light as bright as possible. And that one of people's biggest fears is that they're powerful beyond measure. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. And that's always kind of stuck with me. And it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting how you talked about if you just inspire one person, then it's all worth it. And uh, that's amazing. And I, I see how you follow a lot of the success principles. A lot of successful people follow. You, you talked about a morning routine. Uh, you talked about having habits. You know, habits can be good. They can be bad. They can make you. They can break you. Clearly, you have um, the, the habits that make an individual great. And so many successful people have this morning routine, uh, wake, uh, apparently they wake up early, people like Oprah Winfrey and, and others. And uh, that's a common trait among successful people, that they're early risers, they have their routine in the morning, and obviously the afternoon and whatnot. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you, you talked about um, surrounding yourself with successful people and, or surrounding yourself with people that uh, can push you to grow higher. And, and this is, incre- uh, this is uh, definitely important advice because I think Jim Rohn talked about each person, the average of the, the five individuals they hang around the most, and I believe that to be true. 
And uh, and you also talked about goals, writing goals. Um, you have goals. You probably you probably written them down, and you ha- you you um, gave us one of your major goals. Uh, you shared it to us, and that's amazing. That you want to feed uh, 10 million uh, children, hungry children, uh, in in Africa, uh, in the next three years. And afterwards, mm-hmm. when you reach that goal, and I'm sure you will, you want to feed. Uh, I think you said 100 million. So once you achieve a goal, you want to set an even bigger goal, bigger milestone. And you also use um, visualization. You you see yourself hitting that milestone and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, my, my hat is off to you. Um, and uh, that's amazing because obviously there is a problem with hunger and poverty around the world, particularly in Africa. But just like the child um, who wanted to get ice cream, uh, you're focused on the solution. You're focused on solving the problem. You're not focused on the problem or complaining about it. You want to see what you can do and what idea you can come up with. And, and you do that through, uh, through your firm, non, Non-Believable, excuse me, uh, which is essentially a socially conscious firm that sells baked goods. But the, the mission of that firm is to help feed the, the hungry, which I, I find incredible. And I think that's, that's just absolutely amazing. And you talked about the idea of um, not comparing yourself to others because there's always someone bigger and better than, than you. And um, I, I remember interviewing another guest who talked about um, not suffering from paranoia. <laughs> and clearly you understand <laughs> the danger of paranoia. <laughs> Comparison oftentimes is a thief of joy, and people need to realize that. And you talked about the idea of, um, of uh, when you do these little things each and every day, the consistency, it, it, it creates a compound effect uh, and whatnot. So I'm someone who, who studies um, personal development and tries to, to understand the traits and habits of successful people and tries to implement those success principles and habits in my own life. Um, so this is all just amazing to me. And um, now uh, I'm curious uh, – you know, you've probably um, uh, helped a lot of folks and whatnot uh, as an entrepreneur solving problems. Um, I'm curious, can you tell us any of the most moving or uh, entertaining stories uh, from your life or career? Yeah, so um, there are plenty to pick from uh, from my life or, you know, uh, sure. my career, but I'll, I'll share one. Um, so when I graduated college, right, you mm-hmm. mentioned in my intro that I started a business when I was in college. Um, right. So when I got hired in, into this big Fortune 500 uh, company, um, mm-hmm. they hired me specifically to start new businesses. That was my role. Mm-hmm. They were like, wow. hey, Kuda. You, have, you haven't been in kind of like corporate world, so you're fresh, you have fresh thinking. Mm-hmm. So we just want mm-hmm. you to come up with ideas mm-hmm. and put together business plans. And mm-hmm. if they're really good ideas, we'll give you the money mm-hmm. and you go launch the business. I'm like, wow, right. okay, <laughs> I think I can do this, right? Like think about <laughs> it, you're an entrepreneur and you're being right. told, just come up with, the, with ideas and if they're great, We'll give, you know, we'll give you the funding and, and you can run with it. So anyway, long story wow. short, um, one of the brands within, within, the, within the company uh, was mm-hmm. Crockpot, the slow mm-hmm. cooker brand. And, and I realized right. that, hey, unlike, you know, you look into kind of like other categories like the coffee machines, right, right. where right. Um, <clears throat> Keurig was selling a brewer and also the K-Cup. So they were making money on the device itself. Mm-hmm. And then they were also right. making money on the K-Cup. Mm. Crockpot didn't have that, right? They were just selling the slow mm. cooker, but when someone would use the slow right. cooker to cook, to cook meals, they would have to go buy right. their own ingredients and whatnot. And the Crockpot brand wasn't really part of that experience. So the idea mm. came about, which is like, hey, guys, what if we were to create a line of slow cooker meals where mm. people would just buy them, they're frozen, and... Um, they they just get shipped to their house. They put it in the freezer, and then when mom right. is ready to you know cook or dad or whatever, they can just take the frozen meal out of the freezer, mm. dump it into the slow cooker, add water. That's it. Mm. Two minutes of preparation. Wow. 
But if you think about making a chili or anything like that, you know, you'd have to chop up the ingredients, do all these things. Right. It takes you about 45 minutes to do it. And mm. they're like, great, good job. Now mm. go figure it out. <laughs> so, so kind of right. like go figure, right? You come up with this amazing idea right. and you go like, okay, it's great. We haven't figured it out. Now you go figure it out. And I had to figure it out. And I was fresh right. out of college. I went and I, you know, did my research, found a chef mm. and a recipe developer. We came up with some recipes. I had to look for a manufacturing company. We, we, we wow. manufactured. And then we launched the program and we acquired thousands of subscribers in, into, mm. the, into the program. And we were gaining so much momentum, but mm. we were in a multi-billion dollar company. So wow. if you're in a big multi-billion dollar company, you know, there are certain levels of scale that you need to hit in right. order for you to actually gain attention, right? So let's say you build your right. business and it's like, let's say $2 million. $2 million in a $15 billion company, it's a rounding error. Mm. Right? Okay. It's, uh, it's cute, you know, uh, why are you even spending time on that? They're looking for opportunities mm. that are 25, 100 million, you know, or even a billion dollar brand. So I built mm. this and, you know, it's kind of like one to two million in revenue. And then I get a call mm. from the CEO. Right. I'm thinking he's going to be telling me like, good job, you know, you figured out and you right. created this into a multi-million dollar opportunity, blah, 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 blah. And then he goes like, hey, Kuda, I'm giving you 60 days to figure out how to scale this or we're shutting it down. <laughs> wow. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, you know, I went, I figured it out. You told me to do this. <laughs> well, thousands of subscribers were buying these meals. And I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's, it's a small opportunity in the context. Like, you've done a good job. Don't get us right. wrong. But you have to look at the bigger picture. And mm. I was kind of like hurt because it, was, it, was, it felt like, when Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac, right? So right. like, hey, now you've had the son that you've been waiting for. Now go sacrifice mm. that son. And wow. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. And I had mm. a couple of options. Option number one was to go back to the CEO and say like, hey, listen, give me $30 million so that I can, mm. you know, scale this, right? We will right. drive marketing, we'll add new recipes, we'll just pay the payment, mm. and we'll just drive a ton of consumer acquisition. Went with that, wow. the door shut. There was like, no way we're giving wow. you $30 million. And again, the, t the clock is ticking, right? The clock is right. ticking. I had a 60-day ultimatum, whatever. Mm. And then one day, I was like, if I could partner up with one brand that could 10x this opportunity, who would it be? Mm. And I started thinking of different uh, candidates, and one brand stood out, and it was Omaha Steaks. But oh, the thing is, okay. I didn't know anybody at Omaha Steaks. And sometimes in life, mm. you know, you become lucky. And mm. the definition of luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Um, I went to an event at my alma mater, at my old college, and there was a guy who was speaking that day, and I was just sitting in the mm. back. I didn't even know what was going on. I just knew that there was a CEO speaker series, and I decided to go. And the guy is talking, and he's like, oh, yeah, I started a frozen food company, and I sold it. I started another frozen food company. I was like, what? I need to talk to this guy because I'm leading a frozen food company right now and I'm struggling with this ultimatum hanging on my head that in the next right. like two weeks or something, this thing is going to be cut off. So I go to him and I go like, hey, what's up? I'm Kuda. Here's my business card. Let's have coffee. I want to show you something that I'm working on. He comes into the office. I show him what we're working on. I kind of like say like, hey, do you have any ideas on how I can scale this? Like, I don't have too much time here. And he goes like, you need to huh. connect with Omaha Steaks. The same thing that I was wow. talking about. And then, and then I was like, how do I do it? It's like, oh, the CEO is my best friend. I'm like, what? Wow. And this guy connects me to the leadership at Omaha Steaks. I fly to Nebraska. Mm. And the funny thing is I get to the airport. I, you know, take out my right. phone, ordering an Uber. The Uber was coming from another state. It was coming from, like, I think wow. Ohio or, like, another state. It was just the funniest thing. I had to wait, like, 30 minutes wow. before um, it, wow. it came into the airport. So, anyway, 
went, pitched the opportunity to Omaha Steaks. They thought it was a brilliant idea. They signed up. We had like a wow. joint um, strategic alliance. And in less than a year in us partnering, they 10 exit wow. the business from it, from, from it being wow. kind of like a small, like, you know, single-digit million-dollar opportunity to like over $20 million in sales. Right. It, was, it was amazing. So for me, it was kind wow. of like the most exciting because, again, I, I was outside my comfort zone. I'd never done this before. Mm. I'd never gone and, right. you know, secured a deal with, with a big brand like Omaha Steaks. I'd never built a food business right. before. But you know what? Right. I learned that impossible is an illusion of your comfort zone. Mm. Because mm. if you're in your comfort zone, you'll be thinking that something is impossible. But if you right. dare enough to step outside of your comfort zone, you will actually right. realize that impossible is nothing. It's just a matter of mm. time. And sometimes even having the right relationships or the right connection or you yourself right. putting yourself out there. Because I could have gone to mm. this event I could have listened to this guy, and I could have just right. not have the courage to go talk to him. And mm. my inaction would have probably stopped me from, wow. you know, achieving the amazing results that we achieved. So I think, wow. you know, in, in that lesson, it, it excites me a lot because there's so many lessons you can draw out of it, right? Me just being bold right. enough to go to this guy and introducing myself, being vulnerable right. to tell him, like, hey, dude, I need help. And right. by, by, by faith, he was like, oh, I can help you. And to, to be bold enough to go and present mm. and, and show my case to, to, to these guys and yeah. ended up signing a deal. So, so mm. I, I, that, that, that was an exciting one. I, I have many more stories because, you know, I've, I've, I've been right. in so many other businesses. But I think this one uh, is, is interesting yeah. because of all the different dynamics I've just highlighted. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that story. That's an amazing story. There's so many lessons to learn from it. Uh, and I liked, I loved how you talked about the impossible uh, is only impossible when you're stuck in your comfort zone, but it becomes possible when you leave the comfort zone. And I think that's so mm-hmm. incredible. And, you know, they say yeah. that a lot of good, you know, yeah, a lot of good things happen to people who do that three-letter word, uh, A-S-K, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you did that. And, and it also talked about the value of relationships and networking. Obviously, this is uh, you went to your school. This is a gentleman, I believe, who was, a, I guess, a fellow alum and whatnot. And he was a CEO and he was speaking. So you, they say the most successful people and the luckiest people in the world have the deepest and widest networks because since they have a wide network, uh, they know about opportunities. They know people that can connect them with certain in, key individuals. And, and, and you mentioned luck, but obviously – luck isn't some kind of magic or whatever it's it's having that network and going out there and putting yourself out there you said making yourself vulnerable and uh and uh, and and giving people the question of uh, that you need help uh, and you and you're requesting and requesting for help and, and to see what they can do for you and and so that's amazing and I, I, you mentioned 10x so i don't i don't know if you're a fan or a follower of grant cardone uh, he talks about 10x. Uh, I love Grant Cardone. <laughs> he uh, he came from nothing, but made him. Uh, I don't want to say he came from nothing, but he had humble roots, and he's doing very well for himself. His net worth is in the hundreds of millions of dollars, and also he dabbles in sales and real estate. And he always talks about 10xing everything, your goals and and whatnot. So um, I love that word 10x. And so it the whole story is very fascinating. And throughout the whole entire time, you were focused on the solution. Uh, you were trying to come up with ideas, and, and you, it's almost like you, you were that kid again looking for a way to get ice cream, and you, you didn't just complain and, and, and moan about it, but you tried to you know, fig, brainstorm and figure out what to do, how to do this, and you focus on the solution until you got where you needed to go, and um, that's amazing. And now there's, uh, there's yeah. one thing I, I wanted to uh, mention you know, they say now you had to 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 ask for help, and you know they say it, it doesn't uh, hurt to to ask, but it only hurts when you when you don't ask. You know, it's a, the 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 that's the thing. Um, it hurts when you don't do it, and uh, so people need to realize that if you need help, you have to go out there, make yourself vulnerable, and tell people you need assistance. 
And, and mm-hmm. so that's so important to reach out to your network. Maybe people you've done stuff for, they can reciprocate and help you out. Um, so that is amazing. And uh, so I, I find your story incredible because obviously you're someone who came to the country, came to this country and you didn't know anyone. And so you have to kind of start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it's interesting. Um, so it brings us back to the importance of relationships and networking. You had to sort of build a network from scratch in this new nation uh, that you perhaps you obviously didn't grow up in. Um, and so networking is so important for entrepreneurs because they say you want to get to a point where you rely mostly or solely on referrals uh, and whatnot. And uh, I'm curious, uh, how, uh, how does one go about networking? And this isn't just for entrepreneurs, but for people looking for work, jobs, many people unemployed, and people who do have a job and want a better job, knowing that their job is not secure. Uh, no job is secure nowadays. What advice would you give to people when it comes to networking and building relationships? Yeah. So in my book, The Spear Method, I actually have a chapter um, where I actually spend a lot of time talking about this very subject because I feel like – you know, building connections is one of the best things that anybody could do. I believe, right. and this is not my words, I, I forgot who said it, but it's a powerful quote. Yeah. It says, your net worth is your network. Right. right? Um, and how do we go about uh, networking? I think it's looking into, the way I look at it rather is I always mm-hmm. look at, uh, ways where I can provide value to other people. So I think a lot right. of people approach networking the wrong way where they always look into like, oh, who can do this for right. me? I think mm. when you start off like that, I think you're already starting right. off kind of like at the wrong foot, right? Obviously, we all need mm. help with, with something. But if you're always right. looking into like, hey, how can I provide value to someone else? How can I be of service? Mm. How can I mm. help someone accomplish their dreams you know, mm. you will find that it will be easier for you to actually grow your network quickly mm. because you're going in there with a genuine request where you really want to help people um, with whatever goals and dreams that they do. And, mm. you know, for me, that's really how I've approached it. And it's led to, mm. you know, business partnerships. It's led to, mm. you know, a lot of opportunities where mm. I meet up with maybe a friend and just say, like, hey, what mm. are you working on and how can I help? And then mm. as they're talking, and I, I, you know, my, my, my brain is moving, I, I realize, like, mm. oh, okay, I can connect them to this person, or I can actually right. help them because I know how to solve this. So I think that's the best way to approach, uh, you know, mm. networking is looking into, like, how can you provide value to others and really just go mm. out there and serve others. And, mm. you know, the universe will, will do its thing, and you will mm. see other people, you know, being there for you in your time of need. Um, you also wow. mentioned it uh, earlier, which is don't be afraid to ask. If you also need mm. help, don't be afraid to ask, right? You can literally yeah. just call up people and say, like, hey, I'm working on ABC. Do you right. know someone who can help me, or are you able to help right. me? And then you'll be able to do that. Now, in terms right. of building a network, I think <clears throat> it, it all comes down to your ability to um, to actually step out there and, and make an effort and meet people. You know, I'm in right. – I'm an introvert, like I took the right. Myers-Briggs, whatever, and I'm an introvert, but I'm a functioning mm. extrovert, meaning that mm. I've been able to train myself mm-hmm. to be an extrovert when I need to, right? Mm. Meaning that if I go to a conference or to an event, mm. you know, I'm there. I'm already there. I've, you know, you've right. paid your money to fly out there, you know. Why go then, like, hide at the corner, you know, at the networking event mm. and scroll through your phone? when you've flown thousands of miles to, to, to be mm. at this opportunity, you might right. as well make the most of it. And, and, and right. also, like, you want to focus on quality and not quantity because sometimes when people go to these networking events, they just want to pass mm. out business cards to everybody. Right. What, what you need to do is you want to go in and really have a meaningful conversation with someone where you actually, mm. you know, learn their name. You hear about their story right. and, you, you go a little bit deeper rather than asking mm. a question of what do you do, 
ask a question, mm. why do you do what you do? These are two wow. very different questions asking the same thing because if you ask someone, hey, what do you do? I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. They haven't really given you anything insightful about right. them that, you, that helps you really understand who they are and connect with them deeply. But if you ask them, mm-hmm. like, hey, why are you a lawyer? Right? Now they get to tell you, oh, my grandfather inspired me. He was right. And now you really get to have a deep, meaningful conversation with that mm. person, meaning that mm. they will leave that conversation feeling like they've really connected with someone mm. rather than just having a conversation where they're just passing time. So I think really learning and understanding what are the right questions to ask when you meet people the first time I think it's super mm. important, and this is information that you can just Google. Hey, what are the top mm. 10 you know, uh, mm. questions to mm. ask at a networking event? I know now mm. you know, a lot of the events are now virtual, but you can still mm. apply the same things, right? You can still ask right. that same question, um, but it's really focusing on you know, how can you know deep information about someone in a short period of time in a five-minute conversation rather than to right. just be kind of like over the top, right? Oh, how's the weather, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. time, you need to think of time. Like when people say like time is money, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally true. And do you know why? Right. Do you know why it's, right. it's actually true? Uh, this is a question for you. I'm, I'm curious to, to, to sure. hear oh. you know, your thoughts around when people right. say time is money. Right. You know, actually, I, I, what I believe is this. I think time is actually more valuable than money. So I think it's, it's not actually um, equal. Uh, now that I think about it, I was reading an article and it was saying that time is something you can never get back. Uh, <laughs> we only have a yeah, but same thing live. with but, but, yeah. yeah, but 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 same thing with money, right? If you if you lose right. money, you might never be able to get it back. The reason well, why so, the notion of the the, the 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 reason why the notion of time is money is because time mm-hmm. is a currency, right? Right. It's a currency, meaning that that's why people say like I spend my time doing this. Because right. it's a currency. So mm. now if you're spending, right, uh, yeah. five minutes, which is, which is a mm. currency, right? You, you have five yeah. minutes of time to spend. Right. Don't waste it at a networking event asking, like, oh, how's the weather? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Right. Use it intentionally. So, mm. so making sure that the conversations you're having with someone are intentional mm. conversations that's mm. how you'll be able to get the best out of networking mm. because mm. time is a currency, right? And mm. spend it wisely because unlike money where, like, it's limitless, right? You can make right. billions or trillions of dollars, right? Right. With time, you only get 24 hours a day. So it's a limited right. currency in terms of how much right. you get every single day. Whereas with money, right. if you own stocks and – you have a good day, you could 10x, yeah. right, your, your, yeah. your money in a day. But in time, in, with time, you can never 10x it. You always have yeah. 24 hours, regardless if you're a billionaire, regardless if right. you're black or white or whatever. Mm. You all have mm. the same amount of time. Mm. Right. That's amazing. Um, that's amazing advice. And thank you so much for it. I'm definitely going to go and get that book. Uh, you mentioned the Spear Method, uh, where – you had you devoted a whole entire chapter to networking, and this mm-hmm. is clearly a subject that you're very knowledgeable about, of course. And almost, and you mentioned that when it comes to networking, I think the first bit of advice you gave was about providing value, uh, being the first to do that, and not uh, trying to take value but to provide value. And I think so, obviously so many people have it backwards, uh, like you mentioned. And you, you you see this all the time. The most successful people tend to be givers. Uh, like yourself, uh, tend to be actually very charitable. Uh, people like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, they've donated lots of charity and they love to give. And, and, and there is something to that. When you give value, you get something in return, oftentimes something even more valuable in return. And, and I've been reading a book. Uh, I've read several books. One was called The Go-Giver, which talks about this. Another is called, by, and The Go-Giver is written by Bob Berg. Another was called Influence by Shaldini, and he talks about the law of reciprocity that when you give to others, mm-hmm. people feel almost compelled to give back to you. And uh, another great book is Give and Take by Adam Grant. So th- there's several different uh, personal development books, um, Girls, Luminary, Successful People, who tell you that 
giving is so key and critical, uh, providing value, like you said. And the idea of you have to step out. Now, you mentioned before the, uh, the idea of a comfort zone. And for, obviously for many people, networking and meeting with p- new people and strangers, uh, that, is, that can make them very nervous. And you found a way to do that by being a functioning extrovert. But obviously it's hard for many people. But as you said before, you know, success happens when you step out of that comfort zone. You know, the things mm-hmm. happen when you do that. And people should realize that. And obviously when you do network, you, ha- you want to have deep conversations like you mentioned. I loved how you talk about uh, the question of why uh, you do what you do instead of what. Uh, that, that, that why question leads to a much deeper conversation, which uh, could lead to the foundation of a strong relationship. Uh, I love that. It's amazing. And you want, uh, obviously you want to have these deep conversations because you want to spend quality time with people and not just pass out your business card. And you mentioned before that networking oftentimes is going virtual because of the pandemic. It, um, and I've been doing a lot of virtual networking, but someone once told me that no, nothing could ever take the place of in-person networking. Uh, something about seeing a person there, and obviously we're all social animals, and there's just something about networking where you shake the person's hand or at least you see them. And, and so I, I don't think that'll ever go away, and I'd, I'd love for that to make a comeback. I'd love to go back to networking events uh, to see people in person and in the flesh, so to speak. And, uh, and you mentioned the, the value of time, which is so amazing. And obviously, uh, time is a limited resource, and so you have to spend it wisely. There's only so much time you have, and we only have 24 hours in a day. That's so, so key and critical. Uh, uh, so, again, uh, thank you so much for that advice. And I'm, I'm curious. Now, you talked about, uh, you mentioned before how everyone has the same amount of time in the day, no matter if they're black, white, or whatnot. And it's interesting. I also believe that no matter your background or your race, there is opportunity for people uh, in this country. But obviously this country has a lot of social ills, which I'm sure you're aware of, things like racism, xenophobia, sexism, homophobia, and whatnot. Um, I'm curious, have you ever uh, experienced uh, racism and discrimination uh, in your journey? Um. I, I have, but this is something that I don't like to pay a lot of energy to because, okay. again, you you pick, um, I guess, what you pay attention to in, in a sense. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it exists. I'm not trying to diminish the, the, the issue, mm-hmm. but I don't want I – don't, I don't give energy to it. Um, mm-hmm. in the sense of like trying to recount events that have happened to me, I, I move on with my life. They're the ones mm-hmm. with an issue. Mm-hmm. When, when someone has, um, you know, racist remarks or they're, you know, discriminatory, they're the ones mm-hmm. with a problem because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. we bleed the same blood, we're all humans, you know, mm-hmm. and we're going to die at some point and we're going to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. So what I try to do is I try to foster and cultivate um, mm-hmm. you know, relationships with, with people in, in, a, in a very meaningful way. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that over time, you know, these uh, systemic issues that we experience will, 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 will mm-hmm. die out. I think we're making a lot of progress. Right. My parents were born in a colonial country, right? Zimbabwe mm-hmm. was under British colonial rule. And, right. you know, when I was born, the, the, the Zimbabwe had been independent for about five years. So even growing up, right. you know, the, 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 the grips and the remnants of the colonial system were still there. So I experienced mm. it as, since I was a kid growing up. Mm. But I quickly mm. realized that if you, if you put a lot of energy to it and you don't focus on mm. the things that you could do, how you respond, how mm. you um, just focus on, on positivity and growing, um, mm. you know, that negativity might draw you down and, you know, stress you out, depress you and whatnot. So, mm. again, not mm. undermining the issue, but me mm. personally, it's just, it's just something that I try not to feed mm-hmm. into a lot. I mm. recognize mm. and acknowledge that it's there. I recognize mm-hmm. and acknowledge that there are a lot of changes that need to happen. Mm. Um, mm. But mm. In, instead of focusing or recounting events of things that have happened to me, I want to focus mm. on what can I do uh, to, to help those people, you know, mm-hmm. within my influence um, mm-hmm. who probably are, are, are seeing things differently to maybe see things mm. um, 
in a more positive light. So, so that's how I try mm. to focus and spend my energy. Okay. That's amazing. Uh, that was a great answer, and, and I think that's great advice. Uh, you don't pay a lot of attention to it. You don't focus a lot of energy on it, and you sort of move on and whatnot. It's the, it's the issue of the, the individual, not your issue. You know, what they eat doesn't make you fat, of course, and so I, I think that's, that's great. And obviously, uh, even though there are things like racism and discrimination that does exist in this country, uh, you, it didn't slow you down in the sense that you still were able to become successful. And it wasn't uh, like a debilitating obstacle. Uh, or if it was, you were able to overcome yeah. it. Yeah. But I want to be clear. Yeah. I don't ignore it. I'm not saying it's, yeah. it's something that I ignore. If it happens, I deal with it in that moment and I move on. Mm. Right? I will right. stand up for, for people. I will mm. you know, do whatever I need to do within that moment to make sure that that mm. issue is addressed, which I've done many times. Mm. But mm. recounting and sharing the stories of, you know, for me, I don't mm. think it's a good, it's a good use of my, of my, of my uh, energy. Right. Um, what I like right. to do is, you know, deal with it right there, and then you just move on. And, you know, these things, they're generational, right? It, it's going to take a long time, like it or not, for, for it to, right. to, to, to end. And I'm not sure if it will ever right. end. But progress has been made given... Um, you know, just think about you know, countries like South Africa 50 years ago, right? right? Or, you know, other regions, you know. So, so a lot of progress has been made, but more progress needs to be done. Um, mm. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, my answer to you on that one. Great. Um, thank you for that clarification. Obviously, it's something you deal with in the moment, and then after you deal with it, you, you then move on. So I see what you mean there. Uh, thank you so much for uh, clarifying that. And, and, and that's amazing. And obviously we hope that progress is made. And it is being made, of course. And a lot of progress has been made uh, up to this point. Uh, now we have our first uh, uh, woman of color uh, who is the vice president of the United States, which is amazing. So that is a sign of tremendous progress. Uh, but obviously more needs to be done. So, uh, and someone like yourself is, a, is an inspiring role model to maybe perhaps enlighten folks who may have narrow-minded views about what people of color are capable of. And so, uh, so I think you're definitely living proof that people of color can make it in this country, they, despite maybe obstacles like discrimination, but you're, that you can make it and you can take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Uh, and I think uh, you know, you're an incredible role model for all people, uh, particularly people of color, and particularly a person of color like myself. Uh, so um, thank you so much for that great answer. I think that's uh, the, the best, one of the best ways, I think the best way to deal with things of this nature, racism and discrimination. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, you've given us uh, so much great advice. Uh, what key advice would you give to people uh, who want to do what you do, who want to go out on their own and be an entrepreneur, uh, make that transition perhaps from being an employee to a to owning their own business. Now, obviously, it's tough because there's a high, I'm sure you're aware, there's a high failure rate with businesses. Most businesses fail within the, next, uh, within the next, uh, first few years. I'm curious, what key advice, uh, so we can turn this kind of thing around, what key advice would you give to entrepreneurs? Dream big. Hmm. That, that is the advice again? I'll tell them. Dream big. Really? Okay. Yeah, dream big. That's a, yeah. That's amazing. It's simple, but I like it. Uh, dream big and have big, uh, big ambitions and big goals. You had mentioned before 10x, and I just want to throw that in there. Um, don't be afraid of setting big goals and to dream big. I like it. Um, thank you so much yeah. for that. Dream, dream but, but, big. But yeah, but but a dream on its own is nothing. Right. Right. So you need to align the right amount of action for that dream. Okay. You know, so so that would be kind of like the thing is like, hey, don't be afraid to dream big, mm-hmm. but also be prepared to take massive action to realize that dream, because mm-hmm. it is through through the action taking that you're actually gonna uh, see a dream come true. Because think about mm-hmm. it. Ideas alone, 
you know, don't work. But you mm. do. You have to do the work. So you can come mm. up with a brilliant idea, but if you don't put in the hours, if you don't put in the work, it will mm. always just be a good idea. There was a mm. day, right, a few years ago, right. when Amazon was an idea. Right. There was a time when Microsoft was an idea, when it was a dream. Mm-hmm. But because they aligned the right amount of action they needed to put in to make Amazon mm-hmm. what it is today, to make Microsoft what mm-hmm. it is today, to make Apple what it is today, for Barack Obama to become president or anything, mm-hmm. there was action mm-hmm. that had to, to be done. Mm-hmm. So that would be the mm-hmm. advice I'll give entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs um, give up or they are afraid to put in the action, or they let Mm. one little sneeze, right, one small Mm. setback stop Mm. them from moving forward. A lot of the Mm. highly successful people are the people who fail the most. Mm. So so be be comfortable with, with, with failing. In fact, don't even call it failing. Call it Mm. learning experiences. Mm. You're just learning. And then, and then ultimately you're going to find a way to get there. So that will be the advice that I would uh, give them. Wow, that's amazing advice. And I love it. You start off by saying to dream big. And so many people don't take that first step. So many people, you know, when we're children, we tend to have big dreams. But it's that, that sort of thing sort of gets stifled as people get older, unfortunately. But it's important for people to dream big, but to combine not only just dreaming big, but with with big action, uh, you mentioned massive action, which is so important. It does take time, and people need to realize that. And they have to pay the price, which is hard work and lots of hours. And, of course, yeah. you also mentioned uh, perseverance uh, and grit. Yeah. And, and it, can you it, ask it, the last question? Because I'm running out of time. Yeah. I have to get on a okay. So No, no worries. Yeah. Well, let me... Uh, get to the last question. It, it's been great speaking with you. You've been a wonderful guest. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about book recommendations, but I think, uh, I don't know if you have like a quick list of books you can give us, or we can just uh, move on from that question. Uh, can you describe all the ways that people can get in touch with you, connect with you, so they can utilize your services or to put you in their network? Can you say that again? Sure. What are the, how are the ways that people can connect with you or get in touch with you if they want to use your services or to put you in their network? Sure. Um, so they can go to uh, my personal website, which is spearmethod.com. Uh, mm-hmm. So just, you know, spearmethod.com, the title of my book. Mm-hmm. So they can just go mm-hmm. to my website and they can uh, contact me um, and we will be able to, to, to chat it up and, and see how I can add value to whatever they're working on. Or they can just uh, hit me up on um, Instagram. It's uh, uh-huh. K-U-D-A-B-I-Z-A, Kuda Biza uh, on Instagram. So they can also just hit me up there. Great. And real quickly, do you have any book recommendations for people? Or uh, obviously you've written a book yourself or – yeah, I would, I would say start there. Start with my book, Spear Method, and then, and okay. then um, you know, anything else beyond that uh, is good. It, it, all, it all depends with, you know, what, what you're trying to do. If, you, if you're trying to improve on your personal finance, Money Master the Game mm-hmm. by Tony Robbins is a good one. If you're looking mm-hmm. for things that are more like personal development you've rattled uh, a lot of uh, books, like let's say the, the Influence book. Um, that one is good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. you know, so, so I think, I think, you know, those would be my, my, my recommendations right now. Great. And I also think you'd make a wonderful podcast uh, host, uh, something to think about if you haven't uh, done it already to do a podcast. And I actually I hope, did um, used to have a podcast. Um, oh, wonderful. We, we, we had a podcast and, uh, it was called, uh, this is my era podcast. I, I, I did about maybe 40, uh, episodes. And then mm. my calendar became a little bit crazy, so decided mm. to shelve it, and hopefully at some point we'll get back into it. Wow, wonderful. I definitely want to check that out. And I hope in the future you write even more books, uh, maybe one that's like an autobiography about your life, which would be great. Uh, I would go out and, re- and buy that one as well and read it. 
so hopefully that's in the works. And uh, so, again, I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. It's definitely been an enlightening and educational conversation and one that's been inspiring as well. Thank you so much. I want to thank the folks in the audience for listening. Um, I'm going to see you guys in the next episode. Everyone take care and have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, before you go, just real quick, um, if you can just do me a favor, if you can head over uh, to the uh, Apple Podcasts app, and if you're not there already, and if you can leave me a five-star review, that would be great. Um, If you love the show, if you can just go ahead and do that, and that will help uh, to spread the word about the show, and other people can enjoy the show as much as you do. And so if you can do that, that would mean the world to me. And also, if you want to email me uh, with any feedback or any praise or support, um, please feel free to go ahead and do that. And you can also email me to request to be put on our email list. Uh, So uh, we can uh, send you out emails uh, when new episodes come out. So uh, thank you very much for being a fan of the show. Thank you for listening to the show and supporting the show. So if you can do that, go out and give us a a five-star review on the Apple Podcast uh, app. That would be great. And if you can email us so we can put you on the email list and email us with feedback and praise, that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye.